That's you. Hello. Time to it's time to rip open the old grab bag. Don't rip the grab bag. We need that. We'll need that later. Don't rip it. Okay. I wish I had a bag to give you, but I do not because Max has destroyed all the bags. That sounds about right. He would do. He loves his bags. Yeah. That he does. But yes, we're gonna rip open the grab bag, but carefully. We're just gonna, you know, open it. Mm-hmm. Maybe a little aggressively. And uh dive into some games and stuff we've been playing recently that we haven't really had time to talk about and aren't really long enough to really dive into for full episodes, let's say. No. So we'll do that this week here on the seasonal anime checkup OVA. It's a podcast where we have conversations about video games, anime, and manga. Hello, I'm Jared, joined as always by Doc Allen Ladium. Hello. This is episode 254. We're just going to talk about some stuff. Mm-hmm. One of them could potentially be long enough for its own episode, but I gave up in the middle of it. So I didn't, Not True. even in the middle of it, but I gave up. So You gave up early on. You're getting getting the short, truncated version of why I gave up on it. Mm-hmm. That is true. So I think... Maybe we should start with something that we both did, which is I wanted to talk about the persona thing. Sure. Um, Jared and I are fans of a series called Love Live. I know it's a very shocking admission to to make here, but I, I know, yes, that I know. is very true. Um, and there is a little game that we've talked about before called Love Live School Idol Festival. Correct. And. There is currently a collaboration going on in the School Idol Festival with Persona. Which is very, I mean, like, look, there's been a friggin' ton of Persona collaborations recently, especially with, like, Five and all that sort of stuff. So, like, this isn't super surprising, but it is very just weird to see, like, here's all these Persona characters from 3 through 5, because, of course, it's 3 through 5, in Love Live, which, again, I think it would be more surprising if Love Live School Idol Festival had not been doing a bunch of weird collaborations recently, because, like, uh, the past two April Fool's collabs have been, like, um, Crayon Shinchan, and then the mm. year prior they did a Powerpuff Girls collaboration, yep. which are very weird in and of themselves, but then here's, like, we're doing a Persona collab in the later part of the year, and just, like, you get to play some songs, the characters are gonna show up, we get uh, Muse and Aqua in dressed up as personas it's wild yes um i i will say i'm very tired of playing the same songs over and over and over and over, <laughs> and over. as as much as i love the songs from three and four actually the you know the one for five is not bad either but i just have bad feelings about five in general but um you have to repeatedly play the same songs. Yeah, because there's only three songs in the the doohickey. Mm-hmm. The doohickey. So you get one song from three, one song from four, one song from five, and they're basically just the opening songs from each. Yep. Which is like, that's fine. They're they're fine songs. It's just like having to play them like over 10 times in a row just to get to the next section of this event is rough yep and i didn't even know there was an auto play so i was actually like playing through them sucked 
You've been uh, um, going through it. Oof. Like I said, they're great songs. And it was exciting. Like the first time I did it, I was like, yay, this is cool. And then I got less cool after I played it about 10 <laughs> Yeah. Um, I, I do think, though, that the the designs are really, really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I am kind of bummed that um, Only Muse got the URs. Yeah. Um, and they get, like, the, the regular uh, art style, while it's, like, the Aqua stuff is all in, like, Persona Q art style. Yes. Um, which is cute. I mean, like, all the Aqua cards are really, really cute. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I liked... I liked seeing them, um, but I, I was bummed that the only URs in the regular art style were, were Muse. Yeah. I don't know why that was what happened, but that's what happened. Um, but you, you get a nice little spread of personas, um, persona represented here. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I, I was pretty excited about some of them and then also we get characters that show up because that's an interesting because the way the event is you have to go against people in this event yes so they bring forth characters from three four and five into the game to have you face off against them and it's an interesting mix of characters because it's all like the ladies because Mm -hmm. can't have dudes in love live it's the way it is um the four representation is what you'd expect yep the five representation is what you'd expect. Yep. The three representation is what you'd expect, but also they put Fem C in there, which is very and, surprising. Yeah, very surprising. I was like, yay, you're here. I was like, whoa, you're here. Good That's collaboration. Cool. Yeah. Um, one thing that I, I did want to mention, just because it was wild to me, is, um, as we mentioned, like the, the characters are designed after, like, the personas um chica got psych or psyche mm-hmm. whatever you want to call her which was medicis persona from yeah. fez yeah and i was like holy crap like that's kind of a deep cut yeah well i mean they put fem c in here so that's also kind of a deep cut when you look at what atlas likes to do with the series all right yeah that's fair so that's fair there's that but yeah they they they, they basically run the gambit of personas and all that sort of stuff and then they also give you like um helper cards which are a bunch of the characters from pq and pq2 mm-hmm. so like you get the you get ray you get the the velvets velvet uh whatchamacallits attendees mm-hmm. and then there's some of the characters that are new to pq2 which i don't remember what they did they were just there i remember the real girl but that's it yeah so there's that. Um, also, like that remind that seeing those cards just remind me, like, man, that Elizabeth art in PQ one looks terrible. Terrible. <laughs> I don't remember it looking that bad. I don't either. It's like, what happened here? Mistakes were made. Mm-hmm. Um. Also, in terms of deep cuts, your your main gal, Miss Johanne, mm-hmm. she has Labrises persona which is also pretty freaking cool yeah um and then i like that mari had uh femc's version of orpheus mm-hmm. yeah that that elizabeth art's real bad it's not good 
that's really not good. I don't know what that was about, but it's really bad. And I guess this is all to like culminate in us getting a um, Ellie. Yes. God, I'm, I'm looking at the Elizabeth art again. Jesus Christ, <laughs> it's bad. Yeah, you get God, what you bad. are for doing the event or at least getting far enough in the event, which was like a fan voted thing of like, which Muse member do you want to get a UR as a Velvet Room attendee? And she's Elizabeth. Yep. So that's interesting in ways and poorly executed in other ways. Mm-hmm. But just thought it was worth mentioning that it existed and that this is something that we've been playing around with. Yep. Um, because it's obviously something that like we are both fans of Persona 3 and 4 and mm-hmm. um, even if some of it like has not aged perfectly. And I don't know what I was going to say. I really don't remember what I was going to say. Well, there you go. We also like Love Live. Yeah, there you go. It's kind of an understatement. <laughs> All right. Well, what do you want to talk about now? Um, I have no preference. Do you have a preference? No. Okay. Um, <laughs> how about I talk about some? Actually, I'm going to talk about why I stopped playing Tales of Arise. Okay. Um, because I stopped playing Tales of Arise. I was playing it, and I had heard many, many people say that it was very good. So, like, okay, I, being Al. Real excited about JRPGs. I like playing JRPGs. I'm going to play this and I'm going to like it. And so I started playing it. Um, and I kept playing it. Mm-hmm. I've played about 10 hours. And I just kind of realized while I was playing, I was like, I'm not having fun. Yeah. I don't, I don't like this. Like, I don't like any of the characters. I don't care about any of them. Um, I, the, the story is really just not interesting to me at all. Um, like the fights are tails fights. Eh. Um, I also thought it was funny that like you spend a good portion of the first part of the game, like with a, a metal mask on your main guy. And then it gets hit in the face and somehow it's just like, I'm going to break this in a way that like you could see half of my beautiful face, but also like it's going to still be stuck on my head and my hair is now exposed somehow, but like there's still a little headbandy piece and it's hilariously bad. Um, but like literally nobody's likable. And I don't know if it gets better, but it shouldn't be a situation where I'm 10 hours into this and I'm just like god you all suck all of you suck um and and I'm sorry because I'm sure there are people who really like it because like I said I've, I've heard many many good things about it but I was just suffering and like you could confirm that 
mm-hmm. because like you you kept having to hear me just like yep i'm playing this game <laughs> playing the video game yep yeah um which i guess then brings me to my second point of um our third point i don't know 38th point i, I was i was playing it and then I started playing something else and I was telling you about it and you're like, uh-huh. So Tales of Rise is going very well, huh? Yeah. Like, yes. <laughs> um, cause I just switched to WarioWare, get it together instead, <laughs> which is a very different game. A little bit different. Um, but I like that that was your, uh, your response to me playing WarioWare. It was like, ah, so Tales of Rise is going well, huh? Mm-hmm. It's, uh, Pretty, pretty good, pretty good, pretty good. Um, and I mean, there's really not a whole lot to say about WarriorWare. It's really fun. It is um, a WarriorWare game. It's a WarriorWare game. I really enjoyed um, like the the new um, like mini games that they put in there, or micro games, whatever you want to call them. Um, the story is fun. All the characters are fun. Um, there were certain characters that got like really, really into playing as. Um, but I think the big thing that really has to be mentioned, this game would have ruled if it had online multiplayer. Yeah. It would have been so much fun if I could like play this with you. It would have been chaotic and brilliant. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, and it's such a huge bummer that I wasn't able to. Like the whole time I was playing, I was just like, God, Jared and I would just have a f- blast playing this. <laughs> and like, I had fun playing it by myself. I really did. But like, I think that this game would have been just like over the top so good if it had online multiplayer. I wonder if it's a thing where like they tried it, but like, if like your connection is not the greatest, like the latency on those mini games would have been not a fun way to play the game it's because they're possible. because they're so quick and you have to like you know have yeah. precise you know button pressing or hand-eye coordination or whatever you need for those mini games and like even just introducing the slightest bit of lag would just completely mess up the flow of the game to where like it just wouldn't work maybe so like i think that could be a reason why they would they wouldn't do it. but it's also nintendo and nintendo just does things that don't seem logical at times yeah because the, the mario party one doesn't have online right no it does but it's mario party and no one takes mario party seriously because <laughs> a lot of those require pretty precise timing i don't think they're as precise as like WarioWare is though that's true like, you're not living and dying off of the minigames in Mario Party as you are with WarioWare. Yeah. Hmm. I still think it would have been more fun if I had been able to play it, like, oh, online 100%. with you. Oh, 100%. 100%. I would have dealt with lag for that chaos. <laughs> it would have been brilliant. It would have been a lot of fun. You're um, not wrong. I beat it in like two days, like the yeah. story mode. And like, I'm sure that there's a lot more that I didn't get into by p- 
playing it the way that I did. Like the, I think there's a lot of extra stuff that I haven't done. Right. Um, but it was fun, and I'm way happier with my purchase of Hello. Of Hello, yes. Um, of WarioWare than I was with Tales of Arise. Don't put your butt on the laptop. He's got to get warm. He's got no fur on his butt. He's cold. <laughs> got no butt hair anymore. He's cold. <laughs> He's like, please, I need, I need warmth. I need I butt need, warmth. I need butt warmth. Please. <laughs> um, but yeah, much. Max got his butt shaved today just for, <laughs> for context. Um, I'm way happier with my purchase of WarioWare than I was with Tales of Arise. And I, I, I don't even know if Tales of Arise is even going to be like, I don't know if I'm ever going to go back to it. I'll be real with you. Yeah. I mean, at least you got to play something on your PS5 for a little bit. Yeah, yeah, for a little bit. And now it's just sitting there again until I put Alan Wake in it. And it's going to be like... <laughs> PS5 go brr. Alan Wake go brr. Yeah, PS5 really go brr. God, that thing's loud. It's like a jet engine. Well, there you go. The WarioWare has been Wario'd. Wario is still making games. Sure is. Beware. Chaos. Chaos. We're talking about that today, surprisingly. Aww. Aww. I know. Aww. Um, I played some games recently. Yeah? Let's talk first about uh, another game from the Castlevania Advanced Collection, Castlevania Harmony of Dissonance. It is the second game of that collection, the second GBA Castlevania game released as well. Unlike the first game, this game was produced and written by one Koji Igarashi. And, uh, well, I would say the game is worse for it. <laughs> oh, no. I did not like this game in the same way that I liked uh, Circle of the Moon. I thought Circle of the Moon was a superior game in almost every facet than this game, which is saying something. But, yeah. Um, this game originally came out in 2002, in June in Japan, September in North America, and in October in Europe. It uh, it sold 126,000 units in its first three months of sales. It was not a success in Japan, though, in those first three months, though. So there you go. Get a little bit of backstory. Uh, you get to play as a Belmont in this game, though, compared to the other one where you don't. You can play as Juiced, or Just. I don't know how you pronounce this dude's name. <laughs> I like to name, pronounce it as Juiced. Juiced. J-U-S-T-E. J-U-S-T-E. I wonder if this has, like, a Jusuto. Is the Japanese pronunciation of it. So I guess juiced. I'm going with juiced. Juiced. I, I think I, we are. I am. I am right here. It's juiced. Juiced. He is the grandson of Simon Belmont. And he has the vampire killer whip. At the young, mm-hmm. young age of 16. He's traveling around with his best friend. Whose name is Maxim Kishine. And his his best friend has now like lost his memory of some sorts, and they're going off to a castle to find their ki- their kidnapped childhood friend, Liddy Erlanger. <laughs> can't have a normal name in Castlevania. You just I mean, can't. Simon is pretty normal. Yeah, but then Igarashi got on board and was like, "What if we just went weird?" And I'm just Yay! like, "Yay!" No, you don't have to. Uh, let's talk a little bit about development of this game. There's not a whole lot to talk about. 
<sighs> exactly. This is produced by Koji Arashi and developed by Konami Computer Entertainment Tokyo. It is the second installment of the Konami Castlevania games for GPA. And of course, its predecessor, Circle of the Moon, was produced by uh, Konami Computer Entertainment Kobe instead. Igarashi began the game's development with the intention of making an installment of the series for GBA, but that shared similarities with Symphony of the Night, which is very clear if you play this game. <laughs> uh, Ayami Kojima, who had previously worked on the character designs for Symphony of the Night, designed the characters of Harmony of Distance, and is very clear on that as well. Harmony of Distance incorporates other changes. A fusion spell system replaced the dual card system included, introduced in Circle of the Moon, excuse me, and graphics were brightened and controls improved. In production at the same time was Castlevania Aria of Sorrow, and as a result, the two share similar programming engines and gameplay elements. And then they they have like a, a there's a soundtrack to this game, which Igarashi also notes that the quality of the music had been sacrificed for the graphics of the game, Rip. which is something that people note is that hey the soundtrack kind of sucks in this, <laughs> which is saying something because also like the GBA does not have a great sound chip, mm-hmm. and it's just a lot of the, the music in this game is just kind of boring. Which is not really what you want from a Castlevania game. Right. Like, Castlevania soundtracks typically rule. Right. Uh, they re-released this game in 2006 as a, as a double pack along with Ari of Sorrow. So if you wanted to get two and one, you could get two and one. Uh, re- reviews for this game, Metacritic has an, has an 87, which just seems very high. Uh, Japanese gaming magazine Famitsu gave the game a 31 out of 40. At the time of its release, Harmony of Dissonance received positive reviews from English language critics. GameSpot commented as not just a fine Castlevania game, it's also one of the better Game Boy Advance games to come around in a while. Uh, while worrying about the loss of the originality of the franchise, noting that Harmony of Dissonance almost obsessively copies Symphony of the Night, GamePro called it a fun action game and a fine Castlevania game in its own right, which it, 1000% is just like Igarashi saying, hey, what if we made Symphony of the Night 2? <laughs> that seems pretty cool. Yay. The soundtrack of the game was less well received. Critics panned the music as easily the worst Castlevania soundtrack. Wow. And mu- muddy, plotting, and reminiscent of the days of four-channel NES soundtracks. Just not good. Mm-mm. Uh, the game, sp- game spot, not stop, uh, nominated the game for its annual most disappointing game on GBA, specifically citing the of uh, citing the music. Well, well hold on. Did, th- did they actually have a specific award for most disappointing game on GBA? This was the early 2000s, so yeah, everything had every system had basically very sub-specific awards for it. Wild. Reviewers also disliked the lack of difficulty, which GamePro describing as the game's biggest flaw. Other criticism included predictable and easy boss battles and a much smaller explorable area and somewhat less compelling map design. Uh, retrospective reviews, however, have been more critical of the game, considering Harmony of Distance one of the more disappointing titles of the series and the least impressive of the three GBA titles. Retrospective critics called the dull castle design and frequent switching between castle layers as some of the game's biggest flaws, which I think are very true. So this game, like, you know, your Symphony of the Night has a two-castle system, but you can, like, switch between them, and, like, there's really no difference between, like, the the actual map, Mm -hmm. but, like, the areas are, like, different. Like, they'll have, like, oh, this one has harder enemies in it, all that sort of stuff, or it's, like, there's different designs for the backgrounds are different, all that sort of stuff. Um, It's also kind of plagued with, like, man, you do a lot of backtracking in this game. Mm. And 
specifically there's parts where like you do a lot of backtracking and you just won't know what you're missing it's like there's definitely points where i had to like look up like what am i missing like oh i need to go get this one item that i somehow missed throughout this castle and that's going to be the thing that's going to help me progress it also like you know the thing with castlevania games i think or at least the the metroidvania style is that like boss fights lead you to something good Mm -hmm. traditionally that's usually how it goes it was like that in circle of the moon you do a boss fight you're going to get like an upgrade you're going to get something good in this there's like so many boss fights but then like a quarter to like a third of them you will do the boss fight and it just opens up a new area for you but you don't get anything for being that boss it's just like why would i this doesn't really make me really want to keep playing like like, I want to have something good at the end of that tunnel. Like, oh, I beat this boss. Yeah, that's really cool. But it's like, all right, now explore some more. I'm like, oh, I guess, sure. Yay. And just like a lot of the boss fights themselves were just kind of there. Mm-hmm. They weren't like, none of them were really super difficult. And just kind of just felt like they padded a lot in there just to kind of make it so it felt like you were in this bigger area, but really like you're not. So that was a thing. Also, the story is just incredibly bare bones. Like, Shocker, your friend can't remember who he is and has dual personality in him because he has, like, he's a descendant of Dracula's. Or he has the remains of Dracula and they're, like, possessing him. So it has, like, it has in it, like, essentially that Simon's Quest style of gameplay where, you like, you, the way you go around and defeat bosses, you're going around collecting, like, pieces of Dracula and that's how you eventually go to fight Dracula. Unfortunately, not burritos. Unfortunately, not burritos, which is a, a darn shame. Darn shame. But yeah, so like that's a little bit in there. And they also reference Simon's Quest, which is very interesting. And then also to top things off, they, they make this game have three different endings. Cool. Which is real dumb. It is all basically about like you'll get the various endings if like you just go in there and just do the fight regularly. You get kind of a bad ending. If you do the fight and have... Uh, I think something else happens. You get like another kind of bad ending. But if you go into the fight with these two bracelets attached, you'll get the real ending. Ba, ba, ba. And then you get to fight Dracula. Ba, ba, ba. And then Juiced like gaslights his friend into not telling the uh, telling the girl what happened to her. It's like just don't tell her about it. Nothing happened. It's fine. We're going home. No worries. That's not cool. It's like, geez, dude, come on. And then the game is so yeah. I'm uh I haven't played Ari of Sorrow yet, mm-hmm. but I'm curious to see how that game's going to go because obviously, you know they say this was made more in conjunction with Harmony of Dissonance, but I think this is the better received game of these of those two. Yes. So I'm curious to see how that goes, especially coming off of Harmony of Dissonance and just being like, man, this game kind of was, eh, eh, nah. big, eh. so yeah, there's that. Igarashi just just, just let him make Symphony of the Night 2 and he probably would have been happier and it may have been a better game. Yeah, probably. Probably not, but let's be real. Eh. Uh, So yeah, that's the game I've played. The other game I played is The Good Life. Which I did play some of it. Yes. This is the new sweary game for those that are unaware. Yes. But yeah, you played like a little bit and then we're like, nah, I'm good. It stresses me out too much. Like, it gives me way too much anxiety, and I'm already just, like, a neurotic mess right now because of anxiety. Which is because it's, it is it is a survival game, essentially. Yeah. It's like Pokemon Snap plus survival game. Yes. In a sense. Um, 
so this came out on October 15th, 2021. It was on Game Pass. That's how we both played it. It was also a Kickstarter game, so there are people who played it through that as well. Um, where do you remember leaving off within the story of this game? Did you get to the first big twist? Um, I got teleported to a statue. Okay. After, after talking to the witchy lady and making a potion. Okay. So the girl in the wheelchair is still out and about for you. Yes. Okay. So basically after that, so I guess the, let's set up the context for the story. Um, I forget the, the protagonist's name, but regardless, you play as a, a, a woman who is sent to this, this, she's uh, American. She's American. To this little town in England that's supposedly like the happiest town in the world. And she's sent there to find the secrets of it and why people say it's the happiest town in the world. She has debt. She has debt as well. So she's got to make some money while she's here. Um, Naomi, Naomi Hayward. Yes, Naomi. Correct, Mundo. Thank you, friend. No problem. And you're you're going off to this town. I think it's called like Rainy Woods. Is that right? Yes, Rainy Woods. Which I think is funny as well because I think, yeah, Rainy Woods was originally the title for Deadly Premonition. <laughs> nice. Back in like 2004. So yeah, you go there and you are supposed to find the secrets and everything. You meet this one girl immediately when you get there. I think her name's like Elizabeth, and she's like kind of like a representative for the town essentially. And she's like, oh, look at our town. It's so nice and everything. Yada, yada, yada. And Naomi's just like, ugh, is this a hole? Yeah, basically. Um, one of the secrets you find out early on is that, like, on full moons or new moons, everyone in the town transforms into dogs and cats. Yes. And you gain that ability as well. Yes. But you can kind of do it as at, whenever. So you find that out, and you're just like, well, this is weird. I got to figure out exactly how this all works everything and you start following like elizabeth around at night and one mm-hmm. the one time you the first time you do it you, you she leads you i think to the witch's hut which is just some weird hippie lady who lives out on the outskirts of town and just like is your potion maker essentially yep and then the second time you go and try and chase after her which you did not get to nope you chase her out to more of the outskirts of town and then eventually you find her in a river where she's been stabbed to death and basically is recreating, like, the painting of Ophelia from Hamlet. What? Yeah. What? <laughs> so, yeah, she's dead. And now the rest of the game is like, okay, we got to figure out why she's dead and who killed her. And then the game just goes completely off the rails. So has she been a ghost this whole time? No, she's been alive, but you go and find her and she's dead. She gets killed. So she gets killed, like, before, like right before you get there. Yes. Huh. So the game at this point kind of splits off into three main plot points, mm-hmm. and each one give you like more information about the area and like stuff around it. So like the first one you'll go to is you find like this like castle that supposedly had been like was lived in by this famous royal family, but you know royal succession and all that sort of stuff happens. And there's like one dude who lives in town who wears a knight suit and he's like a descendant of a knight from this family and kind of keeps tabs on everything around here. And you he's have to go. He's the crafter guy. Yes, he is the crafter guy. Um, and you have to kind of go through like these training where you have to like ride sheep and prove that you are worthy to go into this area. <laughs> 
And the thing is, like, there's supposed to be, like, treasure in this castle, and people think also, like, the the family was, like, vampires or something. Mm-hmm. So they're like, oh, there's vampires' blood in the, the basement of the castle. You eventually cool. are able to get your way in. Also, like, did you meet the farm lady? No. She is a descendant of this family. And it's, like, the last, like, royal representation of the family. <laughs> and you're just like, all right, cool. You eventually get into the castle, but, like, you get teleported to, like, a place where, like, all these people who look like people from the village are there, but it's, like, different versions of them, like, from the past, essentially. Like, they're mm-hmm. family members that look like them. And you go down into the basement and you find out that vampire's blood is just whiskey. <laughs> this is famous whiskey. And then you have to, like, do a drinking contest with, like, the the priest dude, I think, in order to sneak out and get some of the the, the alcohol out. And then you're able to do that and then like this guy this little butler dude who has been like helping you out who looks like a sheep turns out to be an actual sheep but can oh. transform to like a human version of himself and help you out so that's the thing um there is another one where you have to go into like a mine because there's stuff happening in a mine shaft um you first like i think you meet this dude who's like a violinist and he's like i need help my teacher isn't helping me he doesn't talk he just yells at you via his violin and you help him out and then eventually you have to go out and he's like a he's a military guy and he's like oh i'll tell you about all this stuff that's in this mine that you need to go find and everything so you help him out and then he helps you out to go to the mine and everything but like you have to get there by traversing through like this snow storm of a mountain mm-hmm. and like the only way you're able to do it is if like you drink like this alcoholic combination that keeps you warm and you're able to go through there and you fight off a bear to get cool. to this mine. And you end up in this mine that's from like World War II. Huh. And has like all sorts of stuff in it that seem very weird. And then you find like this weird computer AI in there that eventually leads you out of the mine into another area where like there's like Sakura trees blossoming and everything. And you see this version of Stonehenge in the middle of the area. And this is also, like, a secret base of the Royal Air Force from World War II. Mm-hmm. And then at the top of this, like, cliff is a UFO. All right. <laughs> so you have to go, you find a seed, and you plant it in the ground and do some stuff, and you make, like, a James and the Giant stock, whatever, the beanstalk James story. James and the Giant Beach? No, not that one. The, the beanstalk story. Oh, um. Jack and the Beanstalk is that? Yes, that one. Basically, make that where you're able to climb it up into the UFO, because like there's this little girl here from the village that you find, and she's like, "You're not supposed to be here." And then you go in the UFO, and you find out that like there's aliens here. They're like cool. a, a collective AI, and you have to fight them in order to be like, "Hey, stop being weird." And they're like, "Okay, cool. We've been here for like ever, and we've been stuck here, and we started to become more human, and we don't like it. We need to leave. We're trying to leave." <laughs> It's very bad. Uh. So yeah, aliens exist. Just like Tom DeLong said. Oh god. And then in this in the third one, you have to basically you find out more stuff about like the area and Elizabeth and you have to try and stop her brother from like committing a felony <laughs> for going after people he thinks might have killed her. 
because there's this like sword that they find it's like a very ancient sword and they're like okay we know who owns the sword let's mm-hmm. go talk to him this is where you meet the fake sherlock holmes okay and you and him go off and try and find the secrets of this of the sword and you talk to this old guy he's like yeah i had that sword i don't know how it got stolen from me or anything that's weird um but you find this like painting in his in his house that he was given given it by someone from the village and you go out to like the spot and find like oh this is a representation of this painting we know who painted this picture and everything and it's like this old lady who lives in the the village and all this sort of stuff and eventually you find out like she claims she's a lost descendant of king arthur and the sword that they have that the ancient sword that got stabbed through elizabeth is the sword of king arthur um but the tip of it is broken and she's like carrying around like a little necklace that has the tip of the sword and when you combine it together it like makes the sword powerful and everything so that inadvertently happens and naomi gets gets the sword and like the sword just like starts talking to her like hey yeah this is all true by the way like can you throw me back in the lake so like no one has me anymore like i'm real tired of being out and about and dealing with this stuff it's real messed up so Naomi just gets tired of the, the sword talking to her and like bashes it on like a, uh, a rock and breaks the sword again <laughs> and then she's just like uh, I'm just gonna leave this here essentially I'm just, I'm just gonna give this away and be like alright we found it nothing to do with so that's like your three main points there and then everything kind of converges at the end where there's also been this dude who keeps rolling around he's like a rival journalist mm-hmm. from he's from Boston Boston. Because you're from Nyok. And he just rides in on a motorcycle every time and will just do a cool pose and yell lobster at you. Nice. And then tell you that you're a garbage journalist and that you're doing poorly and he's going to get all the scoops. Does he pack his car in the yard? He just, no, he just likes yelling lobster. 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 Uh, I mean, I also like lobster, so it's understandable. And then basically every time, like, when you do those three stories, you'll get, like, a piece of... A, like a, a thing that you'll be able to like oh I could sell this and take out my debt but there's like this guy from the, the company you work for mm-hmm. who just keeps coming in and be like I'll take that thank you this will be applied or taken off from your debt we'll take care of it thank you and she's just like ugh <laughs> I hate this so once you do the three main quests you get towards the, the end game essentially where like this mad scientist dude comes in and he's like, all right, we're, I'm going to figure out how people are transforming into dogs and cats. Because I know this is a thing. You're going to help me kidnap some people and we're going to do some tests on them. And you reluctantly do that. Okay. Also, this dude's kind of a fascist. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. We don't so like he, that. Yeah. He learns that like the three th- three items that you acquired through those three quests, which is the, the whiskey. There was this moss that was essentially the aliens. Mm-hmm. That you like sent to like scientists and they're like, yeah, this is moss. What are you talking about? And then the tip of the sword, he can combine that all together and transform people into into animals willingly. Mm-hmm. Which so he doesn't have to wait for like the the moon to to change them and do all that sort of stuff. So he's been doing that, and also like you learn that your company is just very capitalistic <laughs> in terms of, like because like you get a message from like the CEO of the the paper and it's just like you're like why are you letting this dude do this? Like, this is really messed up. And the CEO's like, yeah, I don't care. We're going to make a lot of money out of this. So you're going to deal with it and help us. And we're going to clear your debt. All right, cool. So Naomi eventually starts figuring out like, oh, this is real messed up. I did some bad things. Like this, the town basically starts to like ostracize her. Mm-hmm. 
Like, anytime you talk to anyone, they're like, get out of here. We don't like you. Monster, get out. And she's just like, I'm sad. And then the the rival dude comes up and it's kind of just like, hey, you realize they haven't, like, thrown you out of the, the city yet, right? Like, you can still help these people. And you you basically, you, you, you and him and then another person from your company who you've been emailing back and forth with the entire time um, come up with this plan to, like, undercut the 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 paper you work for mm-hmm. and basically make their presentation out to be a fraud so like they gather everyone up and do like this big news conference where they're like we found a cure for cancer in this city wait it's real i can't believe these people would just hide it here and basically start drumming up support that way and like making this big conspiracy theory that like gains traction online that people are like yeah i can't believe they would just hide this here this whole time what's up with these people it's real messed up and you get like there's like this hashtag of like open RW of like open Rainy Woods. Oh. And just people being like, Yeah, we need they need to open up and let us all have access to this. It's real messed up that they're hoarding it for themselves and making money off of it when we all could be benefiting from it. So like you see all these news reports and everything. And then eventually you get to the the, the day of the press conference and you have to essentially tamper with the the mad scientist's gun which is the thing he uses to transform people mm-hmm. by doing that you basically replace the whiskey by transforming it into a dog and peeing into a bottle oh no yep <laughs> which I, I should mention as well peeing and marking territory is a mechanic in this game oh no that's that's a real thing so you're I able i got stuck as a cat at one point but i was <laughs> I didn't actually get stuck. You can jump really high. You can jump really high. So you're able to do that by doing like a stealth mission. This is very funny. And then you do the, he does the whole thing and like nothing works. So like everyone's like, this guy's a fraud. And then he's like, you, you and the other journalist guy beat up like a cameraman and a news reporter and we're like, and take it over. It's like, wow, look at this. It's all, this is all a sham. I can't believe they lied to us. <laughs> I can't believe this. Everyone should just be like, man, this this is just a nice town. No one should come here and mess with it. It's all everything's fine. And then the bad scientist basically is like, I'm going to I'm gonna do this anyways. It's my experiment. It can't be messed up. And then Naomi just like kicks him in the face and knocks him out. And then the the CEO of the paper's like, I'm gonna meet you in court. I'm gonna sue you. And do all this. But then you get to the end of the game where like... Essentially you get paid off to keep quiet about what happened. Oh. And But like everyone takes a fall for it. So like the CEO gets... Is gone from her job. And like all of the higher ups from that newspaper are gone. The scientist is gone. Um. But like there's like these websites you see. It's like... Scientist loves animals. He would never do anything to harm animals. <laughs> Because, like, that's how you convince people that, like, this was all fake. Is that, like, oh, he's harming animals up here. He's just doing some weird experiments. That's real messed up. And then it's, like, a bunch of, like, was the was Rainy Woods really doing anything weird? And, like, some, like, and then later on you get to, like, some, like, conspiracy websites. Like, there's definitely things happening there. Please listen to us. <laughs> and, like, the hashtag turns into, like, save RW at some point and gets taken over. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's just more people being, like, yeah, this seems fine. What do you, you're weird. <laughs> So she gets paid off to like keep quiet about it and then you get a decision at the end of like do you stay in Rainy Woods become a citizen or do you just go home? Mm-hmm. And I, I chose the stay in Rainy Woods and help the town out by donating the money to them. So now you're broke. 
Oh no. And you're just like, but everyone's fine with you now. They're like, yeah, you're a citizen now. You're cool. You know our secret. You're not going to do anything bad about it. Whatever. We're cool with you. You can stay here. But that's not the weird. So that's not even the big twist of this game. The twist what? is you go through the credits, I think, and everything. And then you're just sitting in the bar and someone walks into the door with, you know, just walks in. Mm hmm. And it's Elizabeth. Ah! And you did the quest where, like, you made shoes for her, right? No. Okay, so there's a quest where you make shoes for her, and everyone's like, that's weird, she's in a wheelchair, why would she need shoes? She comes in with the shoes, and are like, oh, the other Elizabeth told me you made these shoes. You know, these are really nice shoes, I'm real happy to have them. Everything. And, and, Elizabeth, and then um, Naomi's like, you're dead, what are you doing here? And Elizabeth's like, mm, you know... Strange things happen here, but it is the happiest place on earth. And she gives you a picture, and it's a picture of the the death of Elizabeth, but in her place is the CEO of the paper. What? Yeah, that's how the game ends. What? <laughs> yeah. What? <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> it's a that's sweary. A sweary game i was literally about to say that's some swear sweary right there yep god i wish that i could actually play this without feeling so anxious because it sounds like it would be really fun yeah i will say I like i was able to kind of trivialize a lot of the the survival aspects of the game by mm -hmm. some point but like even then i can still understand why you would be like i don't know about this i mean it's not that it's like bad per se it's just it's, stressful it's very stressful for me because i'm like as you know you as a human jared i have a hard time reminding myself to even eat as a person like, true in real in real life so trying to remember to eat in a video game and also check like did i shower did i sleep did i mm -hmm. also eat do all these things and then also do like all the quests it's just way too much like I can't executively pull it off yeah and I will say like I basically kind of mainlined through most of the game didn't really do a whole lot of the side quests because like a lot of the side quests as well are just kind of eh uh -huh. they just exist <laughs> so like I don't think there's something that you really need to focus on if you're playing this game but but I mean, like, you were telling me, like, you had to go to the vet dentist because you ate too many potatoes. That's, that is the thing, yeah. And so, like, that kind of I thing. I busted a tooth, me... and it was like, hey, go to the go to the vet doctor. Pay a hundred bucks to get healed. I was like, all right. That makes me so nervous. No, I get that. Like, I, I, I barely remember if I do remember to eat now. And, like, I have debt. Mm-hmm. It's all very stressful. No, yeah, I completely understand. So, I like, I really did try. I did try to play it. And, like, I think that overall, like, the art is very, like, charming. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I liked what I got to see. And I thought that it was going interesting places. But um, yeah. didn't quite think it was going quite where you said that it was got, where it went. But Yeah, it goes places. Woof. Um, <laughs> God, I can't get over that twist. It's something, all right. I think, like, it's not necessarily, like, the best playing game either. Yeah. Which is the thing, but 
it is definitely a sweary game, which is, you know, if you were looking for that kind of thing, like, it's one of those. And, like, there's a lot of games out there that could be taking your time. And I don't think, I think sweary games are their own special thing where, like, you're not getting a lot of games like this. Right. So, if it's up your alley and you're able to play it, like, I think it's something you should check out, especially because it's on Game Pass. So, like, that makes it a little easier as well. But, like, if you're, like, Al and, like, these kind of systems really stress you out. Like, I think that's going to hurt it in a way. So, like, maybe just go watch a video if you can find one that's about what it. That's <laughs> if I did, like, a playthrough that, or watch a, like, Let's Play or something without mm-hmm. no commentary, then I might be able to get through it. Yeah. I put my Naomi in a hat, in a nice. bucket hat. Nice. <laughs> like, it was the early 2000s. Nice. Because that's cool. I, I had a feeling... I had a feeling when I saw that bucket hat. <laughs> you showed me that bucket hat. I was like, all right, I know what I'm doing. <laughs> I was like, I have a feeling Jared's going to end up in that in that bucket hat. Mm-hmm. You know it. And you did. I did indeed. You ended up in the bucket hat. I'm proud of you. But yeah, I mean, that game just goes places. It's wild. But also, like, like I said, it's... It, it's one of those things where, like, you look at who made the game, and you're like, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I get that. It makes total sense. Mm-hmm. I don't know why my voice cracked like that. I'm sorry. I mean, to be fair, I was not expecting this game about, hey, you get to go be in a small village and be a dog and a cat to be a game that where you take on capitalism and how dangerous Aliens. capitalism is and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. I mean, capitalism is dangerous. So it was a good surprise. Nice. So there you go. Another good sweary game. Yay. I think that about does it for us. I don't know if there's anything else we need to talk about. I feel like we covered all of our bases. I think we covered it all. Well, there you go. So that'll wrap it up for us. And this episode, then, if you would like more from us, head on over to seasonalanimecheckup.com or sac.cool, so where you can find past episodes of this podcast and other podcasts like Jared and Al Watch. You also find columns and reviews on the site as well. If you'd like more from Anladium, go to anladium.com. She's got columns and reviews. And you can watch her play Atome Games on Twitch at twitch.tv slash M-E-Y-D-A-L-E-N-N-A. Yay. Yay, indeed. You can follow us on Twitter and TikTok at Anime Checkup. You can buy our books, One Shining Moment, A Critical Analysis of Love, Life, Sunshine, and Hot Tubs, and Pac-Man on Amazon.com. And you can support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash SACOVA. Buy us a slice of pizza, get access to unedited versions of the podcast early, and a whole wealth of bonus content as well. Hmm. Next week, we'll probably talk about a game. If we finish it in time, it should. it's a short game, so we should be fine. But tentatively, that game is the and plan. We both have played it before and True. played it before, so True. Like theoretically it would be fine, but I would like to see how it plays now and how well it's aged. Yes. So that's the big kicker here. Yes. So tentatively look forward to that unless something else comes up next week. Yay. 